Sixteen years was a long time, but she was sure the wall hadn't been there before. A wrought iron gate blocked the arched entrance. This was it. No turning back. If Connor decided he wanted her dead, her magic, what little of it there was, wouldn't be enough to stop him. Connor was the culmination of three generations of careful marriages aimed at bolstering the family's magic and connections. He was supposed to have been a worthy successor to the fortune of House Rogan. Much like her, he hadn't turned out the way his parents had planned. Tom parked the car. You don't have to do this. Yes, I do. The dread that hung over her mugged Kelly, setting off a wave of overwhelming anxiety. Her hands shook. She swallowed, trying to clear her throat. This is the only way. At least let me come with you. No. He knows me. He might see you as a threat. She swallowed again, but the clump in her throat refused to disappear. She never knew if Connor could read people's thoughts, but he was always aware of emotions. She had no doubt they were being watched and probably listened to. Tom, I don't think anything bad will happen. If something does, if I don't come out, I want you to drive away. I want you to go home to the kids. There is a blue folder in the cabinet over the small desk, the one in the kitchen, on the second shelf. Our life insurance policies are in there, and the will. Tom started the engine. That's it. We're going home. We'll deal with it ourselves. She jerked the car door open, jumped out, and hurried to the gate, her heels clicking on the pavement. Kelly, he called. Don't! She forced herself to touch the iron gates. This is Kelly. Connor, please let me in. The iron gate slid open. Kelly raised her head and stepped inside. The gate glided shut behind her. She walked through the arch and up the stone path that wove its way through the picturesque copse of oaks, red buds, and laurels. The path turned, and she stopped, frozen. The large colonial beast of a house with white walls and distinguished colonnades was gone. In its place stood a two-story, Mediterranean-style mansion with cream walls and a dark red roof. Had she gone to the wrong property? Where is the house? she whispered. I demolished it. Kelly turned. He stood next to her. She remembered a thin boy with striking pale blue eyes. Sixteen years later, he stood taller than her. His hair, chestnut when he was younger, had turned dark brown, almost black. His face, once angular, had gained a square jaw and hard, masculine lines that made him arrestingly handsome. That face, suffused with power, harsh but almost regal. It was the kind of face that commanded obedience. He could have ruled the world with that face. Kelly looked into his eyes and instantly wished she hadn't. Life had iced over the beautiful blue irises. Power stirred deep in their depth. She could feel it just beyond the surface, like a wild, vicious current. It bucked and boiled, a shocking, 
terrifying power, promising violence and destruction, locked in a cage of iron will. A chill ran from the base of Kelly's neck all the way down her spine. She had to say something, anything. Dear God, Connor, that was a ten million dollar house. He shrugged. I found it cathartic. Would you like some coffee? Yes, thank you. He led her through the doors into a lobby, up a wooden staircase with an ornate iron rail to a covered balcony. She followed him, slightly dazed, her surroundings a vague smudge, until she sat down on a plush chair. Beyond the rail of the balcony, an orchard stretched, the trees weaving their way around ponds and a picturesque creek. Far at the horizon, the bluish hills rolled like distant waves.